you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Felsha asked why I was even preaching today. I told her we're doing the Wesley Covenant service. She said, just let the, coven- the service speak for itself. You shouldn't preach at all. That's real affirming words coming from your, your pastor wife uh, the morning before you come in to preach. But, but such as it is, we will have a, a brief homily and, and lead right into the, the covenant-making part, uh, which is fitting for me, is to practice moderation in preaching today. Uh, I don't do anything halfway. Uh, I either do it all the way or I don't do it. Uh, when we started karate as kids, uh, we, we bought every piece of equipment you could buy, including the Chuck Norris stretching machine that you uh, put out in your room and you learn how to do splits as an eight-year-old. Uh, we bought punching bags and boxing stuff, and then when I decided I didn't like karate, I was just done with it. With violin, I, I was all in. I was going to uh, be the best there was in our town. I was going to play in ensembles, and I was going to major in music. I convinced my parents to buy me a handmade French violin. It's the best-sounding violin ever. And then when somebody told me I probably shouldn't uh, plan on being a professional violin player, uh, I'm done sell that French violin. Uh, When I decided I was gonna learn how to knit during uh, the pandemic, I bought the best needles and the best yarn and the books, and I went to these boutique stores around Lexington, and once I couldn't figure out how to stop gaining a stitch every row, I just quit. When I started sewing during the pandemic, I became aware of how much much stuff you need to be all in with sewing. Uh, You can can make a a fancy dress for Felsha with one sewing machine, but to make a t-shirt, you need three different machines. And, and we got all in on sewing. I, I can make just about anything now. So I've stuck with that. Um, with vices, uh, I know that I am all in or nothing. Uh, that's deeply involved in my family is this tendency to, to, to go far into vice. And so I know that I have to not be at all in those things. My spiritual walk has been all or nothing fairly often. Okay, I'm going to do devotions every morning. I'm going to do them at lunch during time. I'm going to do evening prayer, and I'm going to make sure I'm reading the Bible through in a year, and I'm also going to make sure I'm studying this book uh, deeply. Oh, it's time. I need to fast, so I'm going to get a group, and we're going to fast every Monday. And then when those things would uh, kind of taper back, I'd find myself doing none of them. I'm an all-or-nothing kind of person. Sometimes that's good. Uh, If I'm going to have a project at hand, I'm going to give it every bit I can. Um, But it's been awfully hard uh, in parts of my life for my spiritual journey. I'm all in, God, so I've got to do all these things to to earn your love. I'm all in, God, so I'm going to do this and this and this and this. Because if you love me here, surely you'll love me more, and I'll be more worthy if I do this, 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 and this. In some ways, that's as dangerous as being all-in with the vices. I think that there is something I can do to reach the all-in level for Jesus to love me, for Jesus to uh, accept me, for Jesus not to send me to hell. Um, What can I do? What are all the things I can do? What does it look like to be all-in? 
It's been fairly late in my life that I've come to understand that, that all in uh, needs to look something totally different uh, than how I've understood it. It's, it's not about things to do, but about uh, a relationship to build. Um, and uh, it took me a remarkably long time to, to figure this out, uh, that all in means turning to Jesus day after day after day. It means looking to the face of God day after day after day, and nothing else is required. Now, God is going to ask things of me, but, but there's nothing I have to do to be all in with Jesus. This is the, the passage that Jeremiah read, John 15. It's the first sermon I heard at Asbury, and maybe the most freeing sermon I ever heard, uh, was simply this, that, uh, that the call from Jesus to his disciples and the call to us, uh, the, the, the all-in moment, is simply to abide. If you had to define abide, if you were playing Christian Scrabble, uh, is that a word you could, could relate to your Christian life? Because almost all the major translations translate this passage as to abide. If you abide in me, I will abide in you. You'll know a, a tree by its fruit. A healthy tree bears much fruit. If you remain in me, you will bear fruit. If you abide in me. This is from the Greek word maneo, which, which is about being rooted in a place. About staying and not going. It's about uh, remaining and not fleeing. And this is the call in John's gospel from Jesus, is to, to remain in me. Hey, disciples, we're going to figure out all what this looks like. We're going to give you charges. We're going to give you commands, things to go and do. But really, the first thing I want you to do is to remain in me. What would it look like uh, for us to practice remaining in Christ in this new year? Uh, surely some of y'all have already made New Year's resolutions for this year, right? Has anybody made one? Okay, we have two resolutions. Okay, we've got to talk about that on another day. Uh, that's, that's up to you and yourself. But this is that time of the year where gyms get new memberships, where people sign up for new hobbies. This is, this is resolution season. Um, it's often where people buy their new Bible in a year Bible or the new uh, devotional they're going to do. Uh, it, it's that season where we start to look for things uh, instead of look to a person. And so I'm inviting us in this season to to really ask ourselves, what does it look like to healthily remain abiding in Christ? What does all-in look like when it's leaning into a relationship, not into things we have to do? What's it look like to stay in Christ uh, when the days are hard, when the diagnosis comes, when the relationship breaks up, when the this, this, or this happens? And what does it look like to remain in Christ when things are going great, when the job is going better than ever and the money is flowing in and the kids are perfect and the dog doesn't bark? What does it look like to remain all in, abiding in Christ? It's something I'm still asking myself every morning. How do I draw nearer to you, God? And I think Jesus opens the, the, the mystery of that for us in this passage. It's because he remains in us. That his grace is, is going before each one of us. That without him, uh, there would be no fruit. And we would be cut off 
but it's through him and the things he has done that we can remain and we can abide. There's nothing you could do for God to love you any less or any more. There's no amount of perfect you can be where he will love you more. And there's no amount of wretched sinner you can be that he would love you any less. The work that Christ did in taking on flesh, on going to the cross, and on uh, raising from the dead uh, is the work that sets us free to abide in him. Through the Spirit, uh, pouring God's grace into us, we can day after day after day say, I'm remaining. Pour out your grace upon me. This has been a prayer that we started uh, when the pandemic started in morning prayer that uh, there's a group, I think, still going and praying every morning. And uh, for two years that I was in it, or 18 months I was in it, every day we were praying, Lord, pour out your grace that we might love you more and that we might love our neighbors more. What if that was our New Year's resolution? To abide in Christ and to ask him to pour out his grace and him to do the things that he can do instead of us trying to do the things that we feel like we have to do. The ancient Near East, uh, guilt was a, a pretty powerful way of understanding people uh, and their responses to God. Our society is no different. Um, we, we respond to guilt. And there's a huge Christian publishing industry around this idea of guilt. I'm going to create products to make you know what a wretched sinner you are. But friends, that is not what the gospel tells us. Instead, it tells us more what a great God we have who loves us so. And we're invited to simply abide in him. May that be our New Year's resolution. And may that be what we covenant to today. Would you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we give thanks that you took on flesh. Um, in the fullness of time when uh, it was clear that we, uh, we needed you in a new way. That you would take on flesh and empty yourself of uh, your divine prerogative that you would uh, taste death for us. And that ultimately you would defeat death. That you would raise from the dead. That you would ascend to heaven and pour out your spirit upon your church. Lord, help us. Help us know what it means to remain in you, to abide, to simply long for that grace that you are already pouring out. And then, Lord, would you do that? Where you pour out your sanctifying grace upon each one of us that we might love you more and that we might love our neighbor more and that in and through us the world might see your face. We pray this in the name of the one uh, in whom we abide, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and by the power of the Holy Spirit who helps us abide. Amen and amen.